shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Here we are. It is November. Which to me means it's Christmas time. Hey, this is episode 83 and I got one question for you. Y'all ready for this? Come on, come on. What is going on, Human Hope Familia? Welcome to episode 83. 83 of the Human Hope Podcast with your host, Carlos Enrique with Get Guzman and Chico Cabello, or Los for short. Oh, do we have some fun stuff today. Uh, but nothing can be more fun than the fact that I would like to give October a round of applause. Round of applause for October. Why are we giving October a round of applause? Well, because it's over. October's over. And I would like to um, just say thank you for ending October. Because what that means is that I get to put up my front yard Christmas decorations. Which, if you've been watching on the Insta stories, you've been um, watching me do that. And... I, I mean, we skip right over Thanksgiving over here. I mean, we have Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. I like turkey, gravy, all the things you get at Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving's just kind of like pre-Christmas. And in my world, we just go. So I mean, what do you guys think? Are you guys, are you guys like, no, Carlos, it's Christmas after Thanksgiving? Or are you, no, no, we're in the holiday season. It's time to light it up, put it up, put up the lights. Well, that's what we're doing. Um... My mom's been helping me. My mom and dad are here. Fermin is upstairs in his recliner that an Insta Familia member let us borrow. So, um, yeah, my dad's here. You guys love my dad. Um, he is, you know, things are progressing with his dementia. And um, it's sad. Yeah, it's absolutely sad. He definitely 
doesn't recognize me like he used to. And, um, and it's sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a lot to say about that besides the, the fact that I hate it. And, um, you know, but he still has joy. He's still silly. Um, he may have to ask who I am every five seconds, but once he says and figures out that I'm his son, he just relaxes. I can see him take a breath. So, you know, I don't know what's happening up in there in that dome of his, uh, but I, I'm continuing. I'm not going to stop praying healing for it. So uh, that's where we're at here on the Whitaker Homestead. Christmas is going up. I got a couple more trips left this year uh, and then I'm done. I've got a lot of work to do to prepare for my book launch, uh, which is happening in January, which uh, can I be just a little bit vulnerable with the human hope familia with you guys listening? Um, there, there's thousands and thousands of you listening um, every week and I'm so grateful. Uh, but this is the first time I'm launching a book with a number in mind. This is the first time I'm launching a book saying, I would love to see... Um, I'd love to see my pre-orders hit a certain number. And so if you haven't yet and you feel like what I put out here uh, into your ears on a weekly basis is like part of your ethos, I, I guarantee you're going to love this book. The book is called How to Human. Uh, you can pick it up at uh, www, make sure I type this in right, <laughs> dot how the number two humanbook.com. That's how the number two humanbook.com, not actually the number, you don't type that, just two, but the number two, uh, how to humanbook.com. And yeah, I mean, it's just a great way for you to um, support what I try to do as an author. Uh, and, I, and here I am telling you, put my heart on a platter saying, I believe this book has the potential to change a lot of your lives and relationships. How to human, three ways to share life beyond what distracts, divides, and disconnects us. Um, speaking of humans, I've got one of my favorite humans on the episode today. Uh, Blaine Hogan is our guest today. And Blaine and I have known each other a long time. We'll get into the depths of our relationship. But the way I know Blaine is Blaine actually went through this. I used to have a course like before courses were cool. Um, this Because I'm talking about this was like 2000 and what are we? 2009 I did this. Uh, but it was uh, called creative coaching. And I just helped creatives um, be creative. <laughs> Go figure. And Blaine was one of uh, one of the people that went through my course. And we just hit it off at that place in that moment. And I watched him take off in his career. Blaine is one of the most creative human beings I've ever met. You will have ever met. He is... Um, uh, he's an actor. He's a producer. He's a director. He's a writer. He, he does all the kind of film stuff. And his story today... He's going to lean into uh, his book that is coming out called Exit the Cave. Um, but I, I want to let you know something. This, if you're a fan of Kill the Spider, you're going to love his book, Exit the Cave. And he's going to talk a little bit about really what it means to redeem your story, to change your past. Can you actually do that? Blaine is going to help us actually get there. But before we hop in to the conversation with Blaine and we're going to get, look, I mean, we're going to get there so fast guys. We're already, listen, it's only five minutes and 48 seconds and we're, and I'm about to jump in. Uh, but before that, I would love to um, give some love to our human hope partners. Um, you guys know that these people help make human hope happen on a weekly basis. And again, 
a partner that I never thought we were going to have, but here we are. Um, only because I've I've never, again, I've never been like a Christian TV or Christian movie guy, but this one, man, it got me. Seeing the way they do Jesus, the chosen, the chosen season three begins in theaters October, excuse me, November 18th. And again, the theme for this season is come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you for giving me rest, especially because midterms are here. It's like exhausting. I need Jesus to give me rest. So again, Jesus in this season uh, delivers his most inspiring and famous sermons um, right there for us. Um, But what follows are the consequences of living out his teachings, right? The honeymoon is over. Um, The season, it gets raw. But in the midst of all the drama and the chaos, Jesus still gives rest. Episodes one and two are going to begin in theaters starting November 18th. And the episodes will start releasing for free in the Chosen app before Christmas. For more information, Human Health Amelia, head to thechosentickets.com. Also partnering with Human Hope this week is United Faith Mortgage, but let's go ahead and call out the elephant in the room. Mortgage rates, they suck right now, right? They're so high. But you know what else is high? The value in our homes. And here's the deal. This might not work for everybody. It may not be a great idea for everybody, but for some of you, there's some of you, some of us, that maybe have debt that we haven't been able to get rid of in a long time. And this may be the time where we can take out a little bit about of that home equity and do a little bit of debt relief, right? Some of you guys haven't taken a vacation in a long time. This isn't the thing for everybody, but for some of us, this strategy can actually work and let you breathe a little bit more. Why don't you guys head over to unitedfaithmortgage.com and ask them, is this a good idea for me? It's obviously not the right idea for everyone, but for some people, it actually is. United Faith Mortgage is a faith-focused mortgage team started by a dad and his son and his wife and her sister, and they've grown to be one of the largest, most trusted faith-focused mortgage teams around the country. Hey guys, head over to www.unitedfaithmortgage.com for more information. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org, NMLS number 1330, equal housing lender, not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. You know, those conversations that you stumble into, not expecting it to change your life. Uh, And then halfway through, you're like, holy crap, I... I'm, I'm never going to forget this and I'm going to use this the rest of my life. That is what happened when I talked to Blaine. So Human Hope Familia, um, I'm so excited for you. I've already had the conversation, but I'm excited for you to get to know my friend and your brand new friend, Blaine Hogan. Here we go. Okay, Human Hope Familia, I have my friend, longtime friend. I can say longtime friend. I think Blaine that's Hogan. right. Yeah. I, I mean, we can say that, right? I would say decades ago, I remember tweeting, I'm <laughs> in an elevator with at lost wit in some like conference oh, in somewhere in the South. And I was starstruck. And then I think I like stalked you like by a 
stairwell and made you eat lunch with me. I think is what happened. That, who knows? That is amazing. But I think I was the same way backwards, bro. Because remember, I was like a big Prison Break fan back in the day. <laughs> yeah. and, and and I was like, uh-huh. wait a second, dude. I think I remember you from that TV show. <laughs> yeah, that and that's like 2005. So we're yeah, going... Oh, dude. Dude, Way we are. back. We, we're going, the, the fact that we can say decades ago, uh, A, in two respects, A, just, you know, the fact that anybody that knew me pre-2020, Carlos, is like old, an old friend. And yes. then B, the fact that Twitter's been around that long. Like, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Right. I think we forget how long the digital imprint has actually been imprinting. A thousand percent. Yes. No. Yeah. And I do. I really do appreciate the prison break reference. Uh, it's how I got my SAG card. It was a pivotal role, a three episode arc of a prison (laughs) named cherry. Yes. (laughs) It's so true. No, you can go to YouTube and you type Blaine Hogan cherry and there are fan pages that are devoted to that arc. No way. That yep. is, that is, it actually makes me kind of want to, I mean, let's, let's, okay. So first of all, hello, human hope listeners. This is Blaine, my buddy. He, he was not just cherry on prison break, but that, that is, uh, <laughs> that is a little piece of your story. We're going to get into a whole bunch more of your story, but I would, you know, I, I, I do want to like lean back for anyone that is older than 20 years old, um, maybe 25 that remembers that show prison break. Like, let's be honest. Like what a great premise such a good premise i mean it it just it 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 had me hook line and sinker bro yeah uh yeah brother gets put away and to save his brother he gets himself locked up and tattoos yes the exit plan on his body yes i mean that was just so good and so i mean were you like was that were you just acting at that point? Was that yeah. something that you stumbled into? Were, no. were you like, no, I'm going all in here? Yeah. I mean, since I was nine years old and uh, performed my first play okay. uh, at the Blaine Community Theater. So I grew up in Blaine, Minnesota, which is oh, also wow. a strange thing. Yeah, that is strange. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I knew since I was nine years old, like that's all I ever wanted to do. I was like, this is this is my path in life. I want to be an actor. And so went to theater school, bounced around the country, and it ended up in Chicago. And around that time, like early 2000s, you know, the Dark Knight, Batman, they were shooting yeah. there. And uh, it became kind of this really cool TV town as well. And uh, Prison Break, that specific show, shot a big portion of their show at the Joliet Prison that no longer was in working condition, but it had become a a film set. And so just kind of right place, right time. uh, I auditioned. They just needed, you know, a young, slim, attractive, (laughs) uh, tasty treat that could be given... (laughs) To Teabag, who was the <laughs> protagonist or antagonist yes. of the show, yes. and uh, and that was that was my arc, and so amazing. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was really fun. But you know, coinciding with that was some of the darker moments of my life. Yeah, uh, right in in that um, kind of consequential time wow. where, from a career perspective, like I was working at the biggest theaters in Chicago, I was going back and forth auditioning for Broadway producers in New York. Uh, yeah. I had this little role on a TV show, but like you know, things were kind of moving up into the right. But at the yeah. same time, um, my uh, my personal life was. It was falling apart, man. Well, you know, you and and you go into obviously uh, that is a um, 
that's a big part of your story. It's a big part of, um, of, of what you ended up writing about, you know, like yeah. it's a big part of, um, just, just your journey when it comes to exit the cave. And I would love to just kind of maybe even before you get into like, maybe what you're used to talking about with the book, I just like, I look at the, I look at the cover. It's a mm. strong title. I love the cover, but I think, okay, what's the cave Blaine? What What's this cave that do we all need to exit it? Is just some of us need to exit. Mm-hmm. Do we all have this cave? What What's this cave that you're talking about and exit the cave? Yeah. So I was 17 years old. I was going to Blaine high school, sophomore in high school. Yes. And I'm sitting in the back of my humanities class and our teacher professor tells us the story of the cave. Uh, Plato, yeah. very famous philosopher. He told the story of this allegory and I'll give you a really brief uh, version of it. But essentially um, the story begins with uh, there's this group of people. They're all in uh, a cave and yep. they're chained. Their face is uh, looking up at this giant wall and they're seeing all these shadows. Yep. <clears throat> One day the hero stands up, he looks around, he sees it's all been manufactured there's a fire and these people are walking these objects, which are casting these shadows. He looks through the fire and he sees this one dot of light and he begins to move towards it. Plato's essentially telling this uh, story using this metaphor that we're all kind of looking at shadows and we need to venture into the light. Um, And so the story goes, the hero makes his way out of the cave. He sees truth for what it is. The light sears, but he, you know, comes to, and then there's a twist that instead of running away from the cave as far as he can, as fast as he can, he turns around, he goes back into the darkness. He crawls his way back. He stands before his tribe and he says, there's so much more. I remember being 17 years old and I heard that story um, sitting in the back of my professor's uh, class, you know, with an umbro hoodie and a bowl cut and braces and uh, realizing like, oh, that's me. Mm. Like uh, already at that point in time, I had experienced uh, a good amount of darkness and shadow um, through uh, trigger warning, some abuse that I experienced as a kid, um, watching my dad wrestle with addiction, um, being uh, having a mom who's a severe uh, diabetic who had seizures. Um, And so I heard that story and I was like, man, is there more Hmm. like it it, is that a thing that I could, I could do. And that story has stayed with me just like, you know, like you, you just stories just hook their teeth into you and they just don't let you go. And for a long time, I, I, I imagined myself as the hero of that story as the one that kept returning back to darkness. So as an artist, as a creative, sure. I was like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to learn these things. I'm going to teach the, get the truth. And then I'm going to come back into the dark spaces, the cinemas, the theaters, the whatever, um, and, and tell you the truth. And there was some real goodness to that. Um, yeah. but also at the same time, the story that from, you know, 17 years old and the things that happened to me as a kid had caught up to me. And I realized wow. that that I actually needed to go back into the cave and go back into the darkness, not to free others. I myself needed to be freed again. Wow. And so wow. the book really is telling my story of the work that I did, that I had to go through to go back into my past to do the thing that they say that you cannot do, which uh-huh. is change your past. Wow. Okay. So two questions from that. One 
um, is th- is this a journey that everybody has needs needs to go through in some way, shape, or form? And two, can we actually change our past? Yeah. Uh, number one, <clears throat> this is something we all get to do. Okay. Like we all get to exit our caves. Like yeah. we, uh, I, I, I look at um, the gift of rock bottom and the gift of addiction. I think, uh, you know, some of us, are, our proclivities take us to the kind of big ones. Yeah. And, uh, but the truth is, I, I, I think we have our mutual friend, Ian Morgan Cron says we're all addicted yeah. to something. So that's sure. great news. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, uh, it is something we all have to do. It's also something that we really do get to do. Uh, we do not need to be um, tied to those shadows, the shadows right. that have been shown to us and the shadows of our own making. So that's number one. Um, <clears throat> number two, yes, you can change your past. Um, okay, I, explain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, in 2005, I'm working on prison break. Uh, I have uh, what is known as a panic attack that takes me to the emergency room and basically sets me off on this journey where I realize um, the abuse that I experienced as a kid has now caught up all the way with me. And I am a full blown sex addict is what I would say. Um, And I say it in the in the book. And I realize, oh, oh, I have a choice to make. I have a choice towards life or I know how this is going to end. Yeah. Um, And so I take what uh, was the crazy choice, the, what is it? The blue pill, which is the one. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> and I find myself in Seattle um, under the tutelage of a guy named Dan Allender. And oh, man, uh, I love that guy. Amazing. Um, and while I'm there uh, at this program, two years, I called my agent. I said, Hey, I need to take two years off. Um, go do this program out in Seattle. Uh, I'm not going to be acting for a bit. And um, in this class of faith, hope, and love, he says, <clears throat> The easiest thing to change is your past. It is the most hyperbolic, insane thing, and almost cruel thing that you could say to someone who's experienced any kind of trauma. Like, sure. just change your past. Yeah, and yeah, he says, yeah. So he started to break it down. He said, well, the future has not yet happened, so you don't have any control over that. And we're right in the middle of the present. Um, but you actually can go back and re-narrate your past. Stephanie Fu, who's an author, um, she's got her own book on uh, complex uh, PTSD. She says that at some point when your story catches up to you, you realize that you have become an unreliable narrator of your past. My friend Steve says that um, as kids, we are the great, uh, we, we we perceive everything that's going on, but we're the worst interpreters. And so most of us, when we look at our past, are unreliable narrators of what actually happened. Not like the what happened, but sure. the, you know what I mean? Like you can't change, you can't change the, the, the harm. Yeah. yeah. You can't undo what was done. Right. But when I went back into my past and began to mine sort of the particularities of particularly my abuse, which is a lot of what the book deals with, um, I started to look at the curiosity that I had as a kid that was taken advantage of or the desire just to be like wanted or held that was taken advantage of. Um, I had used all of those hard things and imagined that um, those were all going to happen again. And Mm. so because of that, I protected myself from ever looking at the possibility that there might be goodness in my past. Wow. And so 
when I began to do some of the work of reminding the past and really remembering the past, uh, I started to look at those worst moments of my life and realized, oh my gosh, there is such goodness. And what that does is it, it changes the space time continuum. And by that, I mean, we think of time as linear, right? Past, present, future. The way we experience time really is inverted. The way we experience time is past, future, present. So whatever happened to us in our past, especially when it comes to trauma or pain, we template template that or project it onto the future. And then however we're imagining the future is how we live in the present. And so Dan was right. If I went back and started remembering my past, like putting it back together in a way that I hadn't thought of before, Uh uh it helps me completely reimagine what's possible in the future. And now if I'm imagining something that I could have never imagined before in the future, I'm living differently now in the present and it changes everything. And then you go, oh my God, it's true. You actually can change your past. Wow. That, that is, gosh, it's so good. I, you know, I, I hear you tell that story and, um, you know, I, I've had my own version of those moments in therapy with, you know, my inner healing prayer guy, um, here in Nashville where yes, you know, like if you go, you, you, you do have complete and total ability to go back and Find the things, find the beauty, find the things that you, you know, you didn't even know were there. I mean, you knew they were there in the moment, but you've obviously not remembered that they're there. And, you know, it is, it's such beautiful work. It is, it's difficult work, but it is very important work, I think, for, you know, uh, all the listeners that are listening right now. So somebody's listening to this right now and they're thinking, okay, so, I mean, is this something, Blaine, that I can, um, am I going to read your book and figure this out? Do I need to read your book? Do I need to find a therapist? Do I need to, like, what do I need to do to, in order to go <clears throat> remind myself of some things? Yeah, that's good. I, I, I mean, of course, I'd love for you to read the book. Um, yes. Um, but, but also, and, and uh, why I say that first is my hope in sort of sharing all my secrets. I keep, I keep um, reminding myself, speaking of reminding uh, that I didn't have to do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. why did I, like, why did I write a book that's telling all my deepest, darkest secrets? Sure. And then why am I like asking people, can I please go on your podcast and tell everybody <laughs> ab- about it? Um, but I know that when I have experienced art where someone has gone to their deepest and darkest places and they yeah. talk about how maybe even just for a moment they came out uh, on the other side or came out in a different place. Yeah, I'm inspired to maybe do a little bit of that myself. Mm. And so the book, I hope, is a guide in that respect. Um, yeah. That it might give someone the courage. One, it might someone might say me too. Um, uh, it, it might be a, a, a moment uh, or the give someone the 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 requisite courage to sure. do something different. Um, and then absolutely find a therapist. Absolutely yes. find a spiritual director. Absolutely find a group of people uh, or just one person that you can tell the things to that you've never told anyone. Yeah. So good. I um I I am going to also before and after this interview echo um, that I would love for all my listeners to go and do this and get the book, pick up the book, not only because 
I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of Blaine. I'm a friend of Blaine. But <clears throat> one of the things that I think has been so beautiful that has come out of your story as you've done the work, as you have, uh, quote unquote, exited the cave, is that it's not just healing in your, uh, you know, personal life that has been a result of this. But, you know, I, I would... And we haven't talked about this, but I, it wouldn't be a, a stretch to say that your professional work, that uh, everything that you're putting out into the world probably is way more colorful than it was even before um, you had this um, you had this thing happen where you were able to exit the cave. Talk to us maybe about some of the benefits of doing the work and then coming out on the other side, because I think in the subtitle of your book, or somewhere in the book, it says, redeem your story, redefine your creativity. How does redeeming your story and redefining your creativity exist hand in hand? This conversation gets crazy over the next few minutes, and I do not want you to miss it. But before we do that, I want to give a little bit of love to two more partners we have here on Human Hope, which help this show happen. I still can't get over how excited my wife is about this next partner here at Human Hope. Not only me, but my when my wife gets excited, I get excited. It is Butcher Box. We're partnering. Continue wanting to partner with Butcher Box. I, I don't, I, I can't even tell you when she looks at what's inside of these butcher boxes, she loses her mind. It literally takes the guesswork out of finding the beautiful, high-quality meat and seafood that you've been looking for. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken. You can't just throw that term around, right? You can't. You got to make sure that you're doing the right things to get that certification. They got it. Pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood, all humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. These are the things that when my wife is feeding us, our family, um, she's looking for because we want to make sure we're eating the healthiest things, not only uh, to, to that taste great, but actually heal our bodies as well okay of, of course i still love the tri-tip that i get from butcher box i put it on my big green egg and it is amazing i just put a little salt and pepper that's all i put on that bad boy and and then i do the reverse searing do you guys reverse sear your big cuts of meat that is the way to do it i love it it's so convenient uh the quality is amazing it tastes incredible and i actually love the mission behind what it is that they do so Here's the deal. It is Thanksgiving time. And if you sign up today at butcherbox.com slash human hope and use the code human hope, you're going to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey free in your first box. That is butcherbox.com slash human hope and use code human hope to claim this deal. Speaking of consuming things, it's been over a year and a half. I've been using athletic greens specifically because I wanted to help heal my gut and it worked. Okay. Not only did athletic greens begin to heal my gut, but I actually was able to reduce the amount of caffeine that I was taking because athletic greens was giving me energy. I didn't know that it was going to give me right. Like it's actually not healthy for our hearts to be drinking tons of coffee. Athletic greens has given me the energy through nutrients that it puts inside of its that right. 75 high quality nutrients, vitamins, minerals, whole food source, proteins, and super foods and adaptogens that are all inside of athletic greens and it helps our gut health. 
our nervous system, our immune system, our energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Right? Listen, I'm in my late 40s now. I got to make sure I'll be taking care of this body and athletic. Greens does this. What else? It costs less than $3 a day. Okay, you're investing, you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit or your hot brew habit, whatever it may be. Um, and then also remember, remember all like the sustainability things about it, right? In 2020, Athletic Greens donat- donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in crisis. What an incredible organization. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I take every single day, with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash human hope to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, well, so um, it's a great like dichotomy because I, when I found myself in this moment of kind of two paths, what am I going to do? Um, yeah. And I, I realized um, that I had been incredibly creative when it came to my art. Like I was yes. making weird performance art projects and I was doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, and I, I, I had been able to do that, but what I hadn't been able to do was actually be creative in my life. And mm. so now I look at it and I go, oh, the what's the greatest art project I'm working on right now? It's my life. Yeah. It's my family. It's being a dad to three daughters who are just destroying me at every <laughs> turn. <laughs> and then also, I think the another benefit is once you begin telling your secrets, you realize you're not alone which is, I think, something that we as uh, artists and creatives feel all the time. You feel the imposter syndrome. You feel that person's got it figured out, that person's. And as you begin to share, you start to realize, oh, no, no, we're a community of all a bunch of ragamuffins, which is what I think about like way back in the day, Carlos, ragamuffin soul, that, that, that we just are like coming up from the muck and mire and we are not alone. Um, And so as you begin to share those things, as you begin to work through and work out of your own caves, um, you begin to feel the communal presence of we're all, you know, everyone's going through something uh, that you're not alone. And then I think you're right that there is a richness and a vibrancy to the work that I do now that I didn't have back then. And I think it was because I was in hiding. Um, Mm. I was still afraid of what if people knew everything? What if, and I'm not saying no one needs to do this. No one needs to tell on themselves and go write a book. (laughs) You don't have to do (laughs) Everybody is going to be on my podcast sharing their, all of their darkest secrets. That's what's going to happen. No, I would say there's a world where that's the most amazing thing that could possibly ever happen. Just that yeah. a, a turnstile of Insta Familia yeah, just going yeah, through, right. you know? Yeah. I don't have but time for that. But I know, but, but yeah. that's why, but that's why projects like Post Secret and other things like that Absolutely. Uh, are so powerful because it creates a container for people to show up and yeah. be who they are. And I feel like now I'm like, oh, okay. Uh I'm showing up in in all these ways. Um, and I don't feel like I'm hiding as much Mm. anymore. Uh, and that's, I think something I would also note is like, there just isn't, there is no on the other side. It's like, 
there's no up and to the right and then the opposite is a backslide. It is this like dynamic spiral where we are always meant to be in motion. And sometimes that motion throws us back a little bit, but you know, just like that sort of the light is darkest just before dawn at the very end of, you know, that spiral is like a hairpin turn away from being moving forward again. Um, And so I don't know. I'm rambling so now, good. Carlos. But no, that's- dude, I love this. Well, you know, you're not rambling because it, I, I think as I'm hearing you talk and share that, I'm imagining the listener right now that's listening to the podcast. And, you know, th- there may be a listener that's like, well, I mean, you know, Blaine, like I, 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 I wasn't abused when I was a child. I uh, don't necessarily have a lot of deep, dark secrets. Um, you know, I mean, sure, I've got some, but like, how, how is this message going to uh, impact me? Because it, here's the thing, and I tell people this all the time. You know, I wrote a book called Kill the Spider, and I oh, tell yeah. people all the time, I'm like, yeah, and honestly, like, this sounds very, it, it just, it sounds like it's got the same heartbeat. So, you know, hundred percent. If you're a fan of Kill the Spider, and I know a lot of people were, this this book, I feel like it's really aligned with that. But I tell people all the time, like, no, listen, we all have spiders. Like, like some of them are a lot, you know, uh, may look grosser, but they're all they're all still spiders. So talk to the listener that may be listening like, well, you know, I mean, life's pretty good. Like, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily, um, you know, have a cave that I need to exit. What would you say to them? Yeah, first... <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, it's so good. And I loved <laughs> I loved um Kill Spider. And you're right. It is funny because it's it is the same message in many ways, uh just told in a different sure. way. You know, your story, yeah. my my story. Um I would say that one we are all suffering from some yes. kind of addiction. That's like we're so good. all suffering from something. We're all hiding from something. But yeah. uh, some of us are lucky enough or unlucky enough uh, to have things that just look nice on the outside. Like you're a people pleaser, um, (laughs) but are you doing that? So people don't get to know you Mm -hmm. Uh, are, are you constantly in control and just have it all together because you're so terrified of what might happen if uh, you just open your hands. So I think that there are plenty of us that yes, may not have any of the big ones, Yep. Uh, but are still in some kind of hiding. There's some kind of pattern that is going on that is preventing us from yes. being free, from yes. feeling a sense of freedom that I can just show up fully who I am, kind of false yeah. in and all. And so I and I actually think that in some ways, those are the hardest ones. So my 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 addiction is like is very black and white. Right. right. Like I had a rock. <laughs> bottom and it forces you into focus that moment of clarity is huge and but for the listeners and the people that are feeling like well i don't have any of those big ones yours is just a little bit more hidden it's a little bit more subtle your journey to rock bottom is more like a subtle slide than like this big hard slam um and it makes me think of wildfires and controlled burns kind of the idea between that the outcome is the same right everything burns to the ground and then, you know, there's this fertile soil for new life to grow. My hope is that you wouldn't have to get to that moment of a wildfire, that right. you could put yourself in a position realizing like, you know what? I wonder why I do that. Like just getting curious That's about so why do I always, um, why am I always wanting everything to be in control? Yes. Why am I always trying to 
make sure that that everyone's okay so that I'm okay. Just getting yeah. curious about that, I think will open you up to uh, some of these spaces where, you know, as you said, like, do we all have an ex- a cave to exit? The answer is yes. And we get to. And so you don't, yeah. you don't have to, um, yeah. but life is going to be so much better for you oh. and for the rest of the world uh, if you uh, come out of hiding. Yes. Gosh, it's so good. I've, I've actually never heard that example of a wildfire versus controlled burn. Like that mm. is so true. You know, like the, the, the process of the, you know, what's going to come out of the ground is still going to be the same, but it's just yeah. a matter of like how you get there. And yeah, you know, I, I, I would like to remind the listener if you're listening to this, you know, and you may be thinking, well, you know, my, um, my, my caves may not look like, you know, uh, Blaine's cave that he had to come out of, but listen, workaholism, gossip, um, you know, by, you know, financial, um, caves that you've got to come out. You're an yeah. overspender. You're like all yeah. of these things that we're using yep. to medicate um, these wounds that we can go back and rewrite the That's narrative right. around the wound. Am I getting it? Am I, am I <laughs> understanding you got it. what you you're got speaking it. here? That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. Come on through, Carlos. That's okay, it. I'm coming. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. out of my cave, people. I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah. This is so good. Oh, man. This is this has just been so uh, so encouraging. Um, mm. You know, Blaine, um, what... Um, Let's uh let me transition here just for a moment here. You you know you were you were acting and now you're I mean what you're kind of like creative directing, you're directing, you're doing, you know, all kinds of things where you're not necessarily in front of the camera. That's right. Um is is there any uh you know is there any desire inside of you to you know put the lens back on you again and be like, "Hey, this is like Cherry 2.0. Like what's <laughs> happening here?" <laughs> Yeah, well, so so Cherry unfortunately is dead, Carlos. Oh, that's right, right, that's right. Cherry's dead. Yeah, uh-huh. but I did wonder. I did hope, like second season, like yeah. like he could back like a soap opera. Like he could back as the ghost of Cherry, yeah, the ghost and like flashbacks. haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah t- plenty. Come plenty on, there's so much backstory to Seth yeah. Hoffner was his real name. <laughs> oh, Actually, there's a whole backstory. Um, wow. Sure, I think that there's probably part of that. Uh, I remember some, uh, I think it was probably Mark Wahlberg. Um, I remember him talking about uh, the greatest actors that he knew were not the ones that that's the only thing they did. Yeah, He was like, they, they had rich lives. They had interior life. They like went to their kids' soccer games and they like, you know, and so I think as I'm getting older, I'm 42 now, I do see a world where maybe that kind of uh, you know, yeah. pops back up uh, eventually. Yeah. It's not something yeah. that I'm pursuing now because I we just moved to Atlanta. We live across yeah. the street from like the biggest studio outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife is a writer. We're trying to get her scripts made. Oh, um, that is awesome. So we, you know, it, at, at the present moment, no. Um, but I'm not opposed to coming back as the ghost of Cherry in some yes, sort of yes. capacity. Listen, it, listen. If there's any big Hollywood producers that are listening to podcasts right now, hey. I, I've got Blaine's number. So just that's right. Email me. You well, know, if the if I'll be very selective. Okay, only if the right role comes along. I appreciate. Um, <laughs> yeah. That that is uh, yeah and yeah Atlanta has kind of turned into like this oh hub, right like like freaking Stranger Things and like everything oh, yeah. there. Well, so we live in a town called Trillith, which is this like micro home community that's literally okay. across the street from what used to be Pinewood Studios. 
Uh, Pinewood oh. UK is where they shot Star Wars, Harry Potter, okay. all of it. And now it's like 27 sound stages, a virtual stage. It's where they wow. shot Wakanda Forever, Homecoming, Spider-Man. Um, so just like, well, I'll get my kids from the school bus and across oh. the street, we'll see all the blue screens up for, oh, you know, whatever thing. Whatever they're, they're doing. doing. Yeah. So we so crazy. It's insane. So there's, I mean, Marvel is doing incredible stuff. Here yeah. it's really become kind of like the Hollywood of the South. Yeah, uh, you got Tyler Perry Studios also up, up north. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're just we're this is. I and again, it, I mean, just to kind of kind of like going back to what I was saying, like yeah. Carlos, I could have never, I could have never imagined this for my yep. life. Like, yep. I, I I I just couldn't, and it wasn't until because because I knew what was going to happen, I knew the other shoe was going to drop. I yeah. knew I couldn't commit. I knew I couldn't stay sober. I knew yep. it. Um, yep. I knew this was how it was going to end. And then I changed my past. Like I yeah. remembered, I put something back together. Now I didn't, right? Like, like sure. I don't know how that works. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like does the work. Yeah. I try yeah. to put myself in the right position to to yeah. do that and, and thank God and for so grace good. that that is. But like, I... I, I like, I mean, I get chills when I think about it. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. looking out my window and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I ended up here. Right. I don't know so how cool. it happened. Um, yes. but it did. And, um, man, am I grateful to be here? Well, and, and, you know, again, for anyone that's listening, uh, that is looking out their window, wishing that they could be saying, oh, I don't know how I ended up here as opposed to saying, I don't want to be here. What the 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 hope in your story is that um, your story is not over, and you're no. continuing to write it. And you know, you I've watched you continue to write your story. Uh, I know the past part of your story, and yeah, it gives me hope, man. Like every single person listening to this, um, you know, re- really, really needs to hang on to that hope. Well, and I would say, I mean, you know, like the the words that I heard as a 17 year old kid looking out the window of my humanities class being like, what is, uh, there's nothing else. Hearing the words, there is more gave me hope. And like, that's what I would, that's what I would say is that I, I, I I know what it feels like to sit and look out a window and you're only seeing shadows, but there is so much more. There is more. There's more. There's more, man. There There's is more. more. Well, listen, everybody. Uh, I think. I think. What, it, what's the website? I think you can go to exitthecavebook.com. That's right. Yep, exitthecavebook.com. Wait, if you're listening to the podcast, um, and again, the podcast is on YouTube. It's on all the audio platforms. But if you're listening to it before the book comes out, you can still go pre-order it. I think you can probably pre-order it at all the places. That's right. Um, and and I'll 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 just go ahead as an author. Listen. Pre-order the book. It's super helpful for the author and to yeah. to let all the other places that the book is going to be distributed from know that this they need to keep it in stock. So you know, if you listen to podcasts right now, please uh, do Blaine a favor and go pick up the book right now. Any, anywhere else that they can hang out with you, Blaine? Yeah, like, you where, can. Where, where can people do it? Yeah, uh, Instagram at Blaine Hogan, and then you know, as a forty-two year old, I think you'll appreciate this, Carlos. I have yeah. gotten onto the TikToks. Oh yes, uh, at at Blaine Hogan underscore director. Uh, okay. I will say that twelve years ago, I invented TikTok dancing. This is an lesser known fact, by yes. way of what I called Happy Friday Dance Party. 
And yes, so I, I remember that. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I, I, I had to get over myself and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm the OG. Like I invented That's this right. thing. That is I, right. That is right. <laughs> that is so good. Well, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go follow you on TikTok too. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. I'm trying to figure out TikTok my, oh, you man. Know, my, myself as I watch my daughter amass millions. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you've got like, the, you got a Jedi master in the house. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, dude, it's been so good. Thanks, Thanks for hanging Carlos. out with the Human Hope fam. And I just, you know, I'm so appreciative of your vulnerability, authenticity. Uh, but more than anything, you know, you you are truly doing what this podcast is called, uh, Human Hope, and you're spreading hope out for everybody. And I just appreciate it. Thanks, man. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. I told you that was good. Again, I need everybody to understand this truth that we all got a cave. We got to get out of. Thank you, Blaine so much for your wisdom guys please go find blaine on all the social channels um but more than anything go pick up his book go get exit the cave because it was healing for me and i know it's going to be healing to many of you hey dr delight why don't you hit it real quick oh there we are friends we did a little interview I mean, I don't know. Who am I? Oprah freaking Winfrey. Here we are uh, doing interviews again. I, I always love to know. If you guys have people... Uh, hold on. The beat's going to drop. Hey. Hey. All right. If you guys have people that you'd love to hear on the Human Hope Podcast, please DM me on Instagram. Let me know. I would love to get them involved in the program and let them tickle your ears as well. Y'all remember what to do. Please make sure you subscribe, like, and share the podcast today. Right now. If you listen to it, Stop what you're doing. Pick up your phone. Oh, you're, just, you're holding your phone right now. Take it out your pocket and say, hey, everybody, it's time for you to go figure out how to exit the cave as well. Guys, if you want to watch this as well, head over to humanhopevideo.com, our YouTube channel. And uh, that's it. That's it. I'm going to miss you. Um, we're getting close to Thanksgiving. So we, I think we have like one one more week before Thanksgiving, two more weeks, three more weeks. I don't know. My calendar's off. All I know is it's Christmas time around here. And I will see you next week on another episode of the Human Hope podcast.